away. Better than most. Better than most. Critical takeoff. He falls into the pit. He's going to get spat out. Please make welcome the Ball and All podcast, James Tiger Woods, Beric Eckerbarts, and the king of speaking in the third person, Steve Condor Condo Condon. Okay, well, welcome back, listeners. We are here, ready to go for the captain's run. Um, welcome, Jared, in Brisbane. You have uh, had the drones. You've, I think the drones have been pulled out of the sky over Red Hill. Is that correct? I think they have. I think uh, I think they'll be too worried about all the team changes and, gosh, whatever was going on. And Yes, they've been shot down out of the sky and uh, we've got market moves and team changes and guessing games. And But the really good news is I do have a little play for us at the end of the podcast. It's got a nice number around it, so. Oh, okay. Well, that might pay for Chinese again. James Wood, if you're listening, Taipan. Um, firstly, Jared, uh, before we get into it, because there are some really good matchups, I think some really interesting matchups, especially with the ramifications of top eight and the amount of players that have been rested. But we have a tipping call. At the start of the year, 20 bucks in, $2,000. 2,000 big ones to the winner. Um, and uh, it could, we could find a winner this weekend. We've got Greg Murdoch on 154, the Kiwi Doc on 154. Carlos is uh, up their backside at 150, but I think he's no chance. Uh, we've made an executive decision, Jared. Can you please can you please explain to the listeners what we're going to do? Well, we think the best way to get a winner is that they need to end up a clear cup winner. So um, both of them clearly tip off this weekend. If at the end of the eight games we still have a draw, then they'll come back next week, go again. Just the two of them and for we'll, those four games, and we'll make a decide. We'll make a decision on whether it's one game or four games or whatever during the week. We don't want to go a point differential. We don't think that's fair after twenty-seven weeks of um, being in the trenches and that's right. dealing with jokers and all sorts of you know. Um, and especially when we've got a week where uh, we've got so many players being rested and missing, and God knows what. Yeah, and it's going to be hard enough to try and find winners, let alone margins. There's going to be upsets. There's going to be upsets. Now, Jared, um, if our listeners didn't listen in uh, last week and uh, on Monday, um, can you just give us a heads up on your charity uh, gig next week in Sydney and also then I'll give the update on Greg Bird next week? Yeah, that would be great. Any of the Sydney listeners, Friday week, which is uh, Friday of next week, the 8th of September at the Red Line Hotel in Roselle, we run an annual um, pre-finals NRL charity lunch, raising money for passing on clothing. Last year we came up with about 23 and a half grand as a donation to a charity that looks after the homeless people of the streets of Sydney, do an absolutely outstanding job. We have Shane Flanagan as our guest speaker, Lara Pitt and a range of other uh, NRL personalities there all afternoon. It's a fantastic day. We have a Munster signed Queensland jumper to auction off. We have a Reuben Cotter Australian kangaroos jumper to auction off. 
There's a whole heap of memorabilia that goes into raffle prizes. Just a fantastic afternoon. Um, third one that we're doing uh, that I've been to, and yes. So if you go to my social media or go to Pastor on Clothing on Facebook, you'll find a link. We only have under 20 tickets left. So if you just want to come along as a single or a double, a table for four, a table for six, we'll cater for anything. But as I said, we've got about 20 tickets left. We want to try and fill up the day because then uh, fantastic afternoon, great atmosphere, and we raise a lot of money for a great cause. Now, um, can we put in early bids? Yeah, absolutely. What do you reckon the Munster – what was the Munster one again? So it's his Queensland Origin Jumper. Yeah. Uh, number six and signed by him. Now, these are all framed, already framed in glass. Absolutely amazing presentation. So what do you reckon the value of that is? Or what do you think the reserve should be? Well, I think the reserve for that one will probably be around the two, two and a half grand. Right, okay. Okay, well, the ball and all, we're coming in, Jared. Uh, we're going okay. to have an opening bid of $1,250. Excellent. We're going to, we're going to try and assist. Uh, we've got lots of memorabilia sitting in the shed, quite a few surfboards, actually, that we've collected over the years. Um, at, uh, yeah, so we're happy to help out. Uh, yeah, I think it's a great cause. So $1,250, for uh, that's the opening bid. for. So it's Cam Munster's State of Origin Jumper. That's it. Oh, Jesus. Could you imagine Berwick having a Queensland number six jumper in the shed? There you go. He would get a little woody. Okay, and uh, on Wednesday night, we've got Greg Bird, Jared. We've got Greg Bird live at Pizza Pasta, um, 80 tickets. I think as of today, there's probably, I'm going to say, less than 10 tickets available. Um, So he's going to come down and join us next uh, Wednesday night. I think that will be fantastic. Really looking forward to it. Had a good chat to him at... uh, at Mick Fanning's golf day, uh, he was absolutely jumping um, at the chance to come down and have a chat to people in the Northern Rivers after being uh, one of the Titans' better players. And I would, I don't know, is he, uh, he'd probably have to go up maybe in the top two or three most hated New South Welshmen in Queensland, wouldn't he, with Paul Gallant from his time of, time of playing Origin? Yeah, I think that's true. But uh, to be fair to him, he, he also had a very good record at Origin. Um, oh, he had and a certainly, record. certainly did a great job at the Titans and very skillful player, very good read of play, very good down a short edge, had a lovely right foot step, uh, very talented footballer. Right, oh, well, let's get into this weekend of uh, New South Wales and Q Cup because that's what it is. There's so many changes. Uh, it's going to start on Thursday night, uh, tonight. Uh, Broncos running first against fourth, the Storm. Um, it might take you half an hour to go through all the ins and outs in this one, Jared, but there's a lot. Uh, and uh, and I cannot wait for you to roll off the stats of uh, the dominance that the Storm have had. Yeah, well, we won't worry about the team changes because that'll extend the, the uh, podcast for another hour if we do that for every game. But certainly, you know, there's something like 10 or 11 missing for the Broncos and a similar number for the Storm. Uh, teams have made decisions over the last couple of weeks that into this round, they are better resting the key people that they need for the semi-finals and not for the last round. Yes, the minor premiership's important, but who remembers who won the minor premiership two years or three years or four years ago? Not many people do. It's all about winning their final title. Um, Storm just have this absolutely dominant record. It's something like they've won the last 13 straight 
against the Broncos. 13. They won tw- 13 straight. They won 23 of the last 25. So just, rem- just, uh, just remind me, what was the score this year when they played earlier on? Uh, this year earlier on, um, I think uh, the Bronco uh, Storm ended up um, dusting them up. Um, score was 24-16. The Storm won that down in Melbourne. Okay. And I think it's 2009. 2009, that's a few years ago. That was the last time the Broncos beat the Storm at Suncorp. So it's one hell of a hold, one hell of a hold. Now, the, the Storm have been in camp all week on the Sunshine Coast. And, yes, we have two teams depleted by uh, key outs. I personally think that the Broncos are a little bit harsher dealt here because Walsh and Reynolds and Marm are so key to what happens with their attack. And then they're missing their two centres. So all of a sudden, you've just taken so much strike. They're missing uh, uh, Carrigan at 13, Haas, who's best front row in the game, in my opinion. That just punches a massive hole. Yes, they've got some depth, but that just punches a massive hole in where their attack and strike is. The Storm are going to end up with Pappenhauser at the back. Wishart's been playing very, very good in the Q Cup. He comes in at seven. Nick Arima will play six. Uh, young fella called Fialongo, who has been selected on the extended bench a number of times but hasn't yet played, absolutely killing them in the lower grades, and it's his turn now to get a start. So I do think that the Storm end up with a bit of strike here. Listen, the mark on them this game has just been a roller coaster. Um, lunchtime Monday, we had the Broncos at about minus six and a half, and then there was some leaking that it looked like the Storm might have some outs and rests, and then Bellamy went on NRL 360 on Monday night and confirmed, yes, he was going to rest a few players. It went all the way out to the Broncos being uh, as high as minus 12 and a half. And then as Tuesday unfolded, getting closer to the team announcements and the news started to come out that the Broncos were going to rest players, it went back to eight and a half, then six and a half. Well, now it's in the three and a half. So it's been all over the place. I, I could only be with the Storm. I could only be with the Plus. Um, I think they might just have a little bit of strike. Uh, very interesting. The Storm can't improve their position, so they're going to end up third or fourth. The Broncos potentially are playing for the minor premiership, but clearly with all those players out, it's the least of their issues here. But should the Storm win, it then opens the door for the Panthers, and we'll get to that game in a moment to have a shot at the minor premiership. But what it also potentially changes is that order of finishing second, third and fourth. And everybody had expected that we might see the Broncos storm this week and the Broncos finish one, the storm finish four. And then next week we see the Broncos storm again. Well, I think we might end up with a little bit of a change depending on these results this weekend. So very interesting. Yeah, I think uh, I think the storm are going to win tomorrow night, uh, tonight. Uh, and... Uh, the player that I want to watch, Jared, I don't know if you remember, he was an absolute standout as a schoolboy. He's from your territory, Brisbane, signed uh, signed with the uh, with the Storm. He's been down in their system for quite quite a few years now and he hasn't really cracked it. And then when uh, Tino left and they had a few other players uh, leave, they signed Jack Howe on a big contract, five years, I think, or six years on big money. This is his first grade debut Coming off the bench, uh, big boy, great build, um, really edge back row, really keen to see how he 
performs on uh, performs tonight at Suncorp. Interesting. Well, you know, Australian schoolboy in the... league and union, I think, when he came through the Brisbane system. Gee, that's a record, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, uh, anyway, but... so it'll be. Uh, I might be wrong on the union, but anyway, he was an absolute standout as a schoolboy. Um, same age as uh, Nick Meaney. Um, came through the sort of same. Oh, actually, Nick didn't play that much rep when he was at school. But uh, anyway, really keen to see him play. Uh, be interesting to see Justin Ollum back there as well, how he goes, because um, he's obviously signed a longer-term deal and pretty much since he uh, inked the deal, he's been playing uh, Q Cup and not performing that well after he was dropped. So um, see, he'd be handy in the semis if he could bounce back. Yeah, he had uh, he had a very ordinary night there um, going back six, eight, nine weeks ago and and has got the famous Bellamy cold shoulder ever since. So he gets his chance to try and put his hand up. They get King back here. They want to get some football into. Tarek Sims, for mine, been disappointing this season, but he gets his chance here. Um, yeah, interesting game. Jared, we're not going to talk about the next one. Friday, 6 p.m., Seagulls, Tigers. Next, okay, 8 p.m., Rabbitohs versus the Roosters. Implosion after implosion after implosion, suspension after suspension um, for the Roosters. Uh, been reading a lot, listening a lot. Um, I think the Rabbitohs are going to be very hard to beat. Yeah, uh, I've got to go with my gut here and not perform because um, – Around the form, clearly they've lost uh, eight of their last 12. All of that has then led to that loss at Newcastle two weeks ago, which then led to all of the uh, implosion internally, and it's just rolled on for the last 10 days. Um, I'm sure it's battened down the hatches. Uh, they've had the bye. They've had 10-day period just to try and all get focused on what they've got to do here. Um and I'm sure that they're very all in about that. They've got a point to prove um, the pride around each of those individuals, around the club, around the coach, around key players like Cody Walker and Cook. Um, Latrell doesn't play here, but on paper, they've named a good, strong side. Uh, and I think they probably have an advantage through the middle. Roosters won their last four, but they turn up here with a couple of key outs. They've lost Wira Hargraves, clearly. Uh, Man is named. I think he's got to be doubtful with that hamstring. Um, and then we peel back. I just think through the middle with where a Hargraves out, they lost Lodge when they let him go a number of weeks ago. It means that they're less and thinner with the big men through the middle. We now it pushes Baker, uh, Fletcher Baker forward. You now Lindsay Collins has been carrying so much still, game time and so much work over pack, the last Jared. three or four weeks. Still a pretty good pack. Yeah, it is. Baker, yeah, Brandon is. Smith, Lindsay Collins, uh, Wong, Butcher, Radley. And then you've got uh, Crichton coming off the bench. It's his first week back for a few. Yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah, well, listen, I don't know that you know Crichton set the world on fire. Uh, I think he's a long way off his best form. It means that Tyrrell May is in the rotation, potentially with uh, Napper if he comes off uh, the extended bench in the front row. But I still think that that leads them short of at least one big man. Um, you know, without Manu in the back, a lot of responsibility is going to be on Walker and Kiri and then Tedesco. Um, you know, Kiri and Walker picked up Knox last week. Um, I've got to be with the Rabbits. You know, this is a put-up-or-shut-up uh, week for them, and uh, on the back of all of that stuff, I, I just think that they need to be very focused. I expect that they are. 
But the two of them have, you know, great history, arch rivals, the Book of Feuds, they hate each other. Uh, prior to earlier this year, which was round three, the Roosters won 20 to 18 in a very close contest at Allianz. So we go out to Homebush where the Rabbits record is very, very good. Prior to that game, the Rabbits had, over the last four or five years, a very dominant record. I think they win and break through again, and I'm certainly with the Rabbits. Okay, I'm going to take the opposite there. I'm going Roosters. Uh, Saturday, we have the Dolphins versus the Warriors, Jared. Um, Dolph- Dolphins have hung in there this year. They've they've had a bit of a breakout year off the off the field, but I I read with interest this week uh, they are now number one with membership in the league, and they are number well, one clearly number one for apparel sales of Dolphins gear. That's not a bad first year. You don't tell me Wayne Bennett isn't a magnet. I mean, he just has that aura that brings all of that attraction. And isn't that outstanding that your first year in and your membership is so high, mm. you've sold so much apparel? I mean, clearly on the back of all of that, that apparel sale is why they brought forward the release of that additional away jumper last week and then played in it, the one that's uh, predominantly black, which I think is a very good-looking jumper. That'll sell out really strongly in the off-season. Um, it's their last game of the season in what, is a year I'm sure they've overachieved. We've got, you know, three dead weights at the bottom of the table. They haven't ever been in the conversation with those where we expected they might. Uh, they play their last game at Suncorp, 3 o'clock. It'll be a decent crowd here because against the Warriors, we'll see a lot of Kiwis come. So I'm sure that we're probably looking at twenty to 30,000, 3 o'clock Saturday afternoon. Um, they've named as good a team as they can. I'm sure that Bennett's been up and about with them all week about the fact that you know, let's finish the season with a win. Let's go into the off-season remembering, singing a song and a win and what it was like and overachieving what we did for, for the year. The problem is they've only won one of their last 12. So they, while they've been competitive on different weeks, they haven't broken through. That one win was against a very undermanned mid-origin Titan side where they got them in golden points. So they could have been looking down the barrel of 12 straight losses. But they might get the right week against the Warriors because the Warriors have got every man his dog all but having a rest. And I can tell you that I think that of the named Warriors team, there's at least another two who are named in the 17 that won't play. Oh, scoop. Uh, so that's, that's the best part of at least 10 or 11 that will be missing. Um, and clearly it's all about them saving themselves for next week and good luck luck to them because they'll then get either the Broncos um, or the, um, the Panthers um, in what will be a big match-up in week one. So I just wonder mentally how much of their attitudes here. I think we'll see a little bit of football. Stephen, on Monday, the market was the Dolphins plus five and a half. We now have the Dolphins minus four and a half. We've seen a nine-point swing. Absolutely staggering within a couple of days because of all of those outs. Uh, I'm with the Dolphins. I think they might just get their chance against a bit of a clunky, disjointed uh, Warriors offering. They won't go down dying. Um, they need to get some football into Tia Maria Martin uh, and a few of these other guys like uh, Barnett and Nicaragua and Walker. Um, but I just wonder whether the combinations are good enough. But looks an entertaining game. I'm with the Dolphins. Uh, Saturday, 5.30, Panthers uh, resting quite a few players up against the Cowboys who have to win. Um, 
Edwards is back in. I think uh, big uh, big difference when he is in the team. You, that was glaring last week. Uh, they've rested a couple. Jack Cogger at 5'8", which probably gives us an indication that he might be the starting 5'8". In the semis, if um, our uh, Mr. Man Lula is is out, uh, can the Cowboys shake their cage here, Jared? Well, the interesting thing is that Ivan's gone full circle. It looked like all the whispers were that they would rest, and again, this is where the market has been quite dramatic. On um, uh, early yesterday morning, or sorry, early um, late Monday afternoon into early Tuesday morning, where the Cowboys is minus 1.5 favourites into this game on the expectation from the markets that the Panthers would rest players. Then as we got into Tuesday and then Wednesday and then into Thursday, the market has just gone full tilt with the Panthers because he's only resting... um, uh, Well, Kenny's out with a slight injury, but he'll be back next week. Luai is out for three weeks, it would appear. Uh, He can get back, I think, for week three of the semi-finals, so four weeks away. So he, he wants to play Cogger and Cleary together and get combination there. Edwards is back. Outside of that, the rest of it is pretty much uh, full tilt. So he's going very strongly here. Um, now, the key question mark, though, by game day is, should the Broncos win Thursday night, it means that the minor premiership is out of reach for the Panthers. So then... By game day on Saturday, does he then change this list at the last moment and rest a couple of blokes? So, and he'll have two chances to do that because he he can he can uh, change his list twenty four hours prior and then one hour prior. So he'll actually have two chances after the Broncos result to make some changes. So I'd certainly hold off, folks, if you're looking to do anything into this game. Can the Cowboys win? Listen, their best of four or five weeks ago, yes, they can. I'm just not sure that they're back at that level. Come off a win last week, go to Penrith. Their record at Penrith Park is horrible. Um, long, long time since they've had a decent win there. But they had a, a, a confidence win last week, but certainly with the Panthers. I think they win. Market's now out to 11.5, which is staggering. But again, it, it'll come down to what that final team list is. Yeah, that will be very interesting to watch over the weekend, won't it, that one? With yes, the way uh, these uh, these results could turn out. Okay, we move into Saturday night. Um, I, I, you know, I'm obviously a Red V fan, but I want to see the Knights marching on. Dragons can't do anything um, except for potentially cause an upset. But they're not going to be in the semis, but the uh, the Knights are, and they're the form side at the moment. I mean, he's a few outs, uh, not as many as other sides uh, in the semi semifinal contentions. Gagai out, Ponger out, Crossland and Frizzell. I would definitely say that Crossland and Frizzell need a rest, definitely, especially Phoenix Crossland. He's been outstanding. Lockie Miller gets a start. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think the Dragons might... They might hold in for maybe 30 or 40 minutes to hit, Jared. Well, if you got to this game and didn't have the markets in front of you, you suggested the Dragons won, it would be a nice upset. Well, the market actually doesn't have a lot between them now on the basis of all of those outs for the Knights. And certainly, I think being at Cogra, it does give the Dragons a fair shake. We've seen them be very competitive and uh, show a lot more resolve than we've expected over the last number of weeks. Went across the, the ditch last week and 
stretched the Warriors until 20 minutes to go and didn't get lapped. Um, they've been big um, achievers as the underdog in covering the line. But we basically have um, almost a pick and position here where we've got the Knights at a dollar. A dollar eighty-five favourites. The Dragons uh, as outsiders at about a dollar ninety-eight. So there's very little between them. Now the risk for the Knights here is, firstly, they already know that they're going to finish sixth or seventh, right? So a loss here is not going to change that. Secondly, they know that they're going to play at home in the big semi-final next week. I just wonder then on the back of taking Ponga out, who's just been in sublime form. Uh, having Hastings on the sideline, um, resting, uh, uh, you know, key people like you suggest, um, you know, Crossland, Mann, and a couple of others, whether that just mentally and subconsciously they just relax a little this week because it doesn't matter if they win. Yes, it's great to keep winning and make it nine wins in a row and all that sort of thing, but it doesn't have an impact on next week. They're over that hurdle now, so I just wonder whether they relax a little um, now, the Dragons get the Bellin back. That's a plus. Um, I think it's a stronger side than they had last week. At Cogra is a big help. So I'm, I'm tipping the Knights. I don't want to be against them. But if there was a little bit of an outsider upset, I think the Dragons get a chance. Jeez, if the Knights lose, they might sack their coach. Um, <laughs> the next game, we won't spend too much time on it, Jared. Bulldogs versus Titans. But one thing that I would like to highlight here is the job that Ryan Carr has done with the Dragons and the job that Serraldo has done in his first year with the Bulldogs. Quite obviously, you got one happy or happier camp since Ryan Carr took over and as the interim coach before Flanagan starts next year. And a lot of unrest in Bulldog territory, and you can see it in their body language. We've touched on it now for probably a month. They were absolutely disgraceful last week. Um... You would think there's going to be some reasonable bloodletting over the off-season and another churn and burn of the roster um, if all, you know, sort of reports are, uh, are correct. Let's move on to Sookie Bub versus Sharks. Well, uh, just to quickly touch on that, a uh, mate of mine spoke to somebody, I can't mention names, but somebody who was sitting on the sideline close to that, watching that Bulldogs-Eagles game last week. And it wasn't just the body language, the talk talk amongst a number of those Bulldog players was they were not at all interested in being there. They were not interested in tackling. Uh, it was purely a matter of just lining up, passing the football around and just, you know, getting through the 80 minutes. Um, it's a it's a horrible mess. They've got a lot of work to do in the off-season. Titans back at home. Listen, it's their last game of the season. I thought they were very plucky last week against the Storm and it took until the last 20 minutes that the Storm put their foot down and and cleared away. I think at home, um, they run up a number here. I think they win. They'll win by a margin. I think they'll sell a lot of points. Why do you reckon they're off Serraldo? Don't know. Don't know. I don't. I, I don't know whether there's a couple of bad eggs that that's having an influence, or whether he's uh, upset people and that's had an influence. I honestly don't know. I mean, some of the stories that have been written are not completely accurate in the last couple of days. They're not training from eight to five thirty. Um, that that's not uh, entirely true, and a few of the other bits and pieces have been embellished. Um, you know, I spoke to somebody connected with the Bulldogs uh, yesterday, um, so you know there are clearly people like Rothfield that have a long-term ag- agenda against Gould and anything he does, and so that's why some of those stories get ex- exaggerated and, and, and embellished. But clearly, they're not happy. I mean, that's 
that's now, I think, seven weeks in a row they've conceded over 40 points each yeah. week. You know, that's all about attitude. And um, there's a lot of people disinterested and don't want to be there. <laughs> How much does Buzz hate Gus? I tell you, oh. if he gets half a chance, half a chance, he is just into the dogs and especially yeah. uh, trying to expose whatever about Gus. Last night on NRL or whenever it was, a uh, night or two ago, you know, he wanted to talk about how much he's getting paid and he doesn't turn up to the games and doesn't sit on the sideline and doesn't put the dunny seat down and, oh, fuck, he's an idiot. Okay, we're on to... Uh, one, 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 day if, uh, one day if I write a book and maybe you and I might do it together, Stephen, there is one classic Rothfield Gould story. story that is there? I, I would love to tell. Well, there's actually a few about Rothfield I'd love to tell, but um, oh, one I, in particular with Gould. I reckon the best one that I've heard on Rothfield is the Sterling one. Yes. That's a cracker. Yes. Anyway, we'll save that one for another time. Um, well, we're on to Fitzy versus Sookie Bub. Uh, it is the Sharks versus the Raiders. Um, Ricky might have settled down after his uh, expletives and press conferences and whatever from last week. He's now going to be missing his best front rower. Big Paps is out for the rest of the season. Uh, depending on results, the Raiders could go out the back door here. They need to win. Yeah, this game ends up, the winner would end up with a home semi-final, the way the weekend looks to pan out. So there's certainly a bit doing here. Um, and but we the, know Ra- that, the Raiders you know, could go out the back door if, depending on results, couldn't they? They could miss absolutely. the Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, Sh- you know, sharks are safe. Um, sharks are safe, but they are playing for a home semi-final and clearly at Shark Park that would be some advantage, advantage in week one. Yeah. So that, so they've got a bit to play for. Also, they're coming off the loss. I'm sure that Fitzy wants to get a few things back on track. They get Nico Hines back, should he play, uh, which I'd suspect, given what's been named at this stage, it looks likely. Uh, the Raiders, as you suggest, without uh, Papali, but they also then lose Horsburgh, who was suspended last night. He's out for three weeks. So that's two big men in the middle, and they're already a little bit of short, a little short there. Um, I don't like the look of the bench. They left edge last week. You could have driven a truck down there and hurt nobody. Um, defended very, very poorly. You know, the line's gone from seven and a half to nine and a half. Uh, I don't think it's enough. I, I think the Sharks turn up. They're very good at home. I think they aim up. I think the Raiders have been incredibly disappointing over the last six or seven weeks where they've had things to play for um, and rarely had a crack. And some of their former round teams at the bottom of the table has been very, very poor. Um, and um, I think that their season ends up probably looking much like the last six weeks with a loss here, and um, if the other results had gone a particular way, well, they're out the back door. If not, they finish up in eight. Imagine the press conference if they go out the back door, Jared. <laughs> just, just be all about deflection, won't it? Oh. All about deflection. Oh, Ricky, we love you. Um, righto, so run us through your tips, best bets, multis. Let's go to tips this way. I won't give any margins because, gosh, with all the team changes, I've no idea how some of these games land. But I'm with the Storm, with the Eagles, with the Rabbits, with the Dolphins, with the Panthers, with the Knights, with the Titans, with the Sharks. I thought the best play where I'm confident that both teams are trying and I think the Rabbits look like the better option and there's a lot for them to play for 
I made the rabbits the best, $1.84 at the moment in the marketplace. So let's make them the best bet. Now, the little multi for the weekend that we might try and get a little bit of dinner around, I'm about a couple of try scorers. So that Sea Eagles-Tigers game, which was worth skipping over because I don't think there's anything but a lot of points in that. So let's go Jason Saab on the right edge for the Sea Eagles to score any time. So all he's got to do is cross once. Yep. Then we have to wait for the Sunday afternoon where the oh. Titans are taking on the Bulldogs. And seriously, they'll almost be giving um, the ball to the crowd to take their turn scoring tries here, I think. We'll go with the left edge, Calm Piera for the Titans to score two tries. Oh. So we're going to go Mr. Saab to score once or more, Mr. Piera to score two or more, all up those two at Top Sport is a lovely price of $4.30. Hang, hang on, where, where's, I'm just looking at the sides. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, so he's playing opposite Blake Wilson. Okay, yeah, so he's got to score yep. two. He's got to score two. Okay. So now, Saab, I think he's Saab the fastest, in, fastest man in the game. He's so. quick, isn't he? So Saab into Khan times two. That's it. What's it paying? $4.30 at Top Sport. Okay, two. Okay, Best oh, prices okay. in the market, and we'll take a bet. And uh, tell me how thirty. How the hell does the matrix come up with that? Saab into Khan Pereira times two. Well, you would have said that last weekend, and then you went out and dined out on Saturday night. No, but I want to know how you came up with it. Well, Saab, the, the Eagles are absolutely dominating on their right edge, and Saab's just picking up tries like he's picking up confetti. Uh, and I think, literally, you could have picked anyone across the back line for the Titans because I think the Bulldogs are so disinterested. But Calm Piera, he's a try-scoring machine. He's very fast. He goes looking for the ball. Uh, I think he can come up with two. Righto. Well, I love it, Jared. Now, I'm going to throw uh, I'm going to throw a little bit of a left-field question out there just to top off today's podcast. All right. He's got another year to run, Mr. Bennett, at the Dolphins. He's in his 70s. Mm-hmm. What do you think evolves uh, next year as far as Wayne Bennett? Does he stay in some role at the Dolphins? Does he return to Souths? Does he go to the Dragons? Does he call call it quits? Well, I think all the dogs are barking that um, Peter Volandis has been tapping on the shoulder about um, taking on the next expansion club. Um, And it would appear that the front runner for that is potentially the Papua New Guinean team because there's going to be government funding behind that. The Cummels. Uh, the Cummels. Now, there are suggestions that they would be based out of North Queensland for, uh, as their home base and then go across to uh, um, Port Moresby to play a number of home games and then play home games elsewhere. Or do we go with a New Zealand team? Um, I'd also no. love to see it. A North Island team in New Zealand, um, I think that would be fantastic for the game, having one North or South. In answer to your question, he's certainly been tapped on the shoulder about that. He does want to keep coaching, which is just amazing at his age. He says he's a coach for life, and until he feels he's he's not able to, he wants to keep coaching. Um, so I don't know, Stephen. I, I'd suggest that probably maybe one of the expansion clubs I don't think South would be on the agenda. I don't think the Dragons would be on the agenda. I personally would love to see him stay at the Dolphins because I think he's made a big uh, impression there. He's had a big impact on attracting people, and that would continue. It's not going to happen, but is it? Because isn't it the same agreement as what Demetrio had at South that he steps aside and 
Wolf comes in. Oh, definitely. Yeah, he he acknowledges that that Christian Wolf will take over. There's no yeah. doubt about that. And yeah, you can see in the dressing room pre and post game, uh, he's already giving half the responsibilities to Christian. But he can still continue in that sort of role and not be the lead speaker. 100%. He can still be involved in um, you know attracting players and and development and all the things that he's so strong at. I think he's living more in Brisbane these days, and and then occasionally goes back to the farm. Mm. Um, interesting watch. Interesting watch. Imagine, imagine how much money Wayne has stacked up in the last fifteen years of his coaching career, and if he goes to the Cummels, what they would have to pay, government funded. It's just well, he did He did lose sixty percent with the Parcha tax a few years ago. Well, he did, but I think he did all right out of Super League. Righto, we will catch you on Monday. Go the Knights and. Yeah. And that little winger, times two. That's him. I can't believe the Matrix that has Sunday come up with like that one. I can't be- I can't wait for what you're going to come up with in the semifinals. That one is uh, just, you good. pulled that one out of your bloody backside. See you on Monday. I think I want it. See ya. Bye. Don't smoke here. We only set fire through the microphones. <laughs>